Hello, welcome to Poppy Approved Movies. My name is Poppy. And I'm Natalie. In our podcast, we will review and critique my favorite PG-13 movies. Movies that I wasn't allowed to watch until I turned 13. Every week, Natalie and I will watch a new PG-13 movie. And I'll see if Poppy's movies live up to the hype. Which, of course, they will. Today, we're going to be watching Rush Hour. Before we begin, there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie and don't want it to be spoiled, press pause and come back when you're finished. Now, Poppy, tell me the deets on this movie. Okay. Rush Hour came out in 1998, 25 years ago, with a runtime of 1 hour and 38 minutes. Streaming on Netflix. It was written by Russ Lamana and Jim Coff, and directed by Brett Ratner. The main stars are Jackie Chan, Chris Ducker, and Ken Leong. Fun facts. Rush Hour inspired the creation of Rotten Tomatoes. The site creator is a huge Jackie Chan fan and made it for his movies. Really? I didn't know. I didn't know that either. I didn't know. So he did a website to do all the Hong Kong movies of Jackie Chan. So he was rating them and then it became what Rotten Tomatoes is today. There were two sequels, Rush Hour 2 and 3, and then a TV show based on the movie. And a fourth movie is in pre-production right now. So they might be making a fourth movie pretty soon. But that when was the time that the third movie was released? When was it? Yeah. Mm. Like how many years ago? Because if this movie's like 25 years old, it seems like number four would be pretty far away. Uh, Rush Hour 2 came out in 2001. Rush Hour 3 came out in 2007. And then Rush Hour the TV show came out in 2016. It is kind of far away. Yeah. So what do you think, Nat? Um... I thought it was okay. I didn't really like it. I was kind of bored. You, it wasn't funny to you? It was boring? Yeah. Okay, there was good karate, good action, and uh, funny jokes, huh? No. <laughs> okay. Everyone was racist. Everyone was racist, yes. We're going to get to that for sure. I imagine there's the, could this movie still be made today? Absolutely not. We'll get to that later. But yeah, I didn't really like it that much. I was kind of bored. And then there was only like two characters, really. In the whole movie. Yeah. All right. So what do you rate it? I give it two and a half stars. Still better than Devil Wears Prada? Yeah, I think that it had good action still. Good action. Good and I, and I like Jackie Chan's character. He's like kind of funny. He is kind of funny. Jack Chan's movie, a huge movie star that finally came to America around this time. I think Rumble in the Bronx. I don't remember his first American movie, but um, this is one of his first ones where he became super popular. He's been in tons of movies ever since. I think he's a great actor, and he does his own stunts, and he's awesome in martial arts, so I'm a big fan of Chucky Chan. And it's cool to think that he does like all his own stunts. Yeah, it is pretty cool, yeah. Because then you're watching it, and you're like... Oh, this is actually him doing all this movie. Yeah, because sometimes there's like that pessimistic thought, like when there's an action scene and then someone puts on like a helmet and you're like, oh, that's now that's the reason why they put on the helmet or something, just so they could change in the stunt double for him. Like, you, you know that it's actually him. Yeah, I do. I like, I'm a big fan of Jackie Chan, so. Why don't we get into the recap? Okay. Movie begins at a dock where ancient Chinese artifacts are being smuggled out of Hong Kong by a crime warlord named Jun Tao. 
Police Inspector Lee is on the case, and he raids the scene. He's able to get back the artifacts, but Juntao's general, Sang, makes a run for it. Lee chases him, but he gets away. At a diplomat dinner, we meet Council Han. They're celebrating his promotion to a post in the United States. Many diplomats are there, including his good friend Griffin. Lee comes to give Han the good news about the bust. Han's daughter, Su Young, sees Lee, and we find that he's very close with her and his whole family. And she punches him or something like that. Are they, they practice fighting? Yeah, no, I think she like punched him for, for like a certain reason. Like, oh, you should have come back sooner or something oh, like that. At the that. end of the movie when she gets him, when, he, when he's able to save her? No, no, there was like at the beginning. It like, the ending was like going along with the beginning. Oh, okay. In America, we meet Carter. He's a police officer in the LAPD. He's working undercover trying to buy some C4 from a dealer named Clive. Some policemen try to bust both of them, not knowing that Carter's a cop. Clive shoots at them and makes a run for it. Carter shoots Clive down, and the C4 explodes in downtown LA. Carter's in big trouble for his carelessness. Now he starts doing some dancing, some Michael Jackson dancing. Yeah. It's kind of funny. You didn't think Carter was funny? Not really. Yeah, no. No, not really. So we're not watching Rush Hour 2 and 3, huh? No. This weekend? No. You're, you're done with Chris Tucker? Uh-huh. I didn't know he was a character from something else. Like, halfway to the beginning of the movie, I was like, All right, he's familiar. His voice is familiar. And then I remembered, like, halfway through the movie that he was, like, Ruby Rod or something. Ruby Rod from The Fifth Element. Yeah. That's right. Ruby, Ruby Rod. Green, They're both green. kind of like crazy characters. You know, it's funny. So maybe that's just who he plays. He does. And he's been in other movies. He's he's more, he's older now, so he doesn't do the goofy characters. But his first movie, I don't know if it was his first movie, but one of his most famous movies was with a rapper named Ice Cube called Friday. And that movie's super popular. And he's very similar. He just acts that crazy, goofy way. It's funny. I think he's hilarious. So. In America, Sue Young is kidnapped by Sang and Juntao's henchmen. The FBI are called in and are in charge of the kidnapping case. Han asks for Lee to come from Hong Kong to be a part of the investigation. I think it's funny how, like, Sue Young, she gets kidnapped in, like, a car, right? right? But she actually, like, tries beating the guy up and she does, like, pretty well. Hey, I mean, there's a scene, I think in the beginning he was teaching her how to do karate moves or yeah. gouging eyes or scratching people or kicking. But she, like, literally beat this guy up with, like, a teddy bear. Yeah. And, like, just kicking him. She's pretty tough, man. She's pretty tough. Anyway, so they uh, Han wants Lee to come, but the FBI don't want anyone to come and interfere. So they call the LAPD and ask them to send someone to babysit Lee and make sure he gets nowhere near the investigation. At the police station, Carter's bragging to Johnson and all his other co-workers about how awesome he is. He also talks about how he will never work with a partner. Johnson tells him that he's going to get suspended for his antics. But then the captain gets the aforementioned phone call from the FBI and sends Carter to take care of the special assignment. Carter's happy because he thinks he's going to go work for the FBI. They just want to get rid of him, basically. Yeah, sadly he doesn't know that the real reason he's going is to go babysit Lee. You know, uh, we, later on we find out why Carter doesn't want to have partners. Do you remember why it was? Because his dad got abandoned by his partner and that's why he died. Right, so he doesn't trust in partners, so... I don't really think that was a big thing to the plot, though. Well, the fact that he didn't want to work with anyone, then he ends up working with Lee. 
But it didn't seem like when he was working with Lee, he's like, oh, you're just there. Like, you're a partner. He was just like, all right, I'm going to babysit you now. Like, stay in the car. Like, it wasn't like, oh, why do I have to do this job? I have to be partners with this guy. No, he really just took it as a babysitting job. He did until the end where Lee gets shipped off. And then he pretends to be some a mechanic. And then he goes and begs Lee to come back with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he didn't want to go by himself. He wanted Lee to be there with him. So when Carter gets to Han's house, he finds out the real nature of his assignment. He calls the captain. The entire station is on the phone with him laughing. And the captain tells him that if he doesn't do his job, he's going to get suspended. Carter begrudgingly goes to the airport to pick Lee up. He already knew. That he was gonna be suspended, though. You're like thinking, everyone knew. Yeah. Did you, you? You wanted him to not tell him. The FBI let him know pretty quick that hey, we really don't want you here. You're not here because we think you're good. We're here because we need a babysitter, right? Yeah. I think they kind of got that point across very yeah. quickly in the story. It's true. At the airport, Carter picks up Lee, and there's a huge language barrier. Carter's annoyed and decides to solve the case by himself, apart from the FBI. I don't really think there was a language very at the beginning. He just, like, talked and, like, didn't listen at all, yeah. really. You don't think Lee, you think Lee was understanding everything he was saying? Yeah. He just was ignoring him? Yeah. Because I don't think he really got a chance to speak. He just kept talking. talking yeah, talking. Carter yeah. Just, just kept talking and then, yeah. like, didn't really try to wait for him or listen to him. He leaves Lee in the Hollywood Walk of Fame and goes to talk to an informant. Lee quickly realizes that the FBI doesn't want his help and runs away to go find Han. Eventually, Carter catches up to him and they argue, but they go off together. That's the one thing. Carter always took out his gun. Yeah. Like, this other guy's a police officer. Like, why are you taking out your gun? You're not going to shoot him. You're not going to shoot him. Right? You're, the whole point is to, like, protect him and keep him <laughs> away from danger. And you're like, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, he always had his gun out. It never made sense that he had his gun out. Anyways. Maybe it was just, like, he wanted to have that power. I guess. And to be known as, like, the LAPD guy that has all control. Maybe. Carter and Lee go to a pool hall to get some information. Carter learns that there is someone suspicious in Chinatown. Lee walks in, and Carter goes into the back room. Lee copies Carter and calls some of the N-word, and a fight starts in the whole pool hall. Lee has to fight everybody there. Carter and Lee eventually leave to go get food. Carter handcuffs Lee to the steering wheel and goes inside. So this is one of my friend Waleed's favorite movies. He loves this movie, and he watched it when he was little. He says, I can't imagine that Jackie Chan says the N-word in the movie. And he said that to me, and I'm like, I don't remember that scene. Then when I watched the movie, this is the scene he was talking about. Yeah. And I think back in 98, so the N-word now has, it's called the N-word, right? Nobody yeah. says it anymore. Um, and people do, obviously. Some people are obviously racist and terrible. But this would have been not looked down upon in 1998. Yeah. Like it, it would have been like a ha-ha moment. It's a ha-ha moment versus a, oh my gosh, I can't believe Jackie Chan said the N-word. And he mentions that kind of like, I can't even believe that movie. He says it. That sticks in his mind as something that happened. And it didn't even register to me as something from the movie. I don't remember this scene. I remember him fighting. But I don't remember him saying N-word. But for him, it is like, bro, can you believe he did that? All right, back to the movie. Lee escapes and makes his way to Han's house. There he sneaks inside and fights the FBI agents until he gets face to face with Han. 
Carter shows up later, and the FBI are mad at him for losing Lee. Then Sang calls and asks for $50 million to get Sue Young back. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I And then they just, like, they have it. Ready to ready to go. Yeah, cash, right? Like it's, it's crazy that they <laughs> just have that much money. Yeah, if they're like, uh, we're going to need $50 million to get Natalie back. I'm like, she's a really nice daughter. I hope <laughs> you can enjoy her. Sorry, Nat. You're like, I get it, Dad. I get it. $50 million. I don't know. I know. I'll be like, bleh, because I'll be dead. <laughs> there you go. I'll cut you. What do you want me to do? No, they'll just, they'll sell you to play soccer around the world or something. I don't know what they'll do. The FBI track the phone call and go into an abandoned building. Lee warns them that it's a trap, but they ignore him. Unfortunately, Lee was right and the building blew up. Then Lee spots Sang and he and Carter chase after him. Sang eventually gets away, but not before dropping a contraption. They take the contraption to Johnson, who's studying how to disarm bombs. She tells him that it's a detonator, and it can be used with C4. And that's why the guy was selling C4 earlier. That's right. So Carter goes and talks to that same guy, Clive, who gives them a name, Juntao, and a place, Fu Chow Restaurant. I did not connect that that was the same guy at all. I was just like, oh, C4. They talked about that earlier. Now it's like a natural thing. And then he goes and talks to someone. I didn't realize it was the same person. Well, who who was he talking to? Some, some stranger? Yes. They're putting it all together, the story. Oh, what are I you think, doing? Yeah. Were you on your phone at that moment? No, I think I was eating Cheetos. Cheetos, got it. The FBI called to turn in the ransom money at the food chow restaurant later that night. So that's the one part of the movie I go, mm. the FBI are told where she's at. And they, like, don't care? No, no, like, what did they get? They didn't get anything other than Juntao's name. Because they end up, everybody ends up at the food chow restaurant. It wasn't like, oh, they're at the food chow restaurant. Now you can go get them. Yeah. Because the FBI knows they're there too. Anyway, so Carter and Lee get to the food chow restaurant before the handoff was planned. They go in and Carter asks to see Juntao. They take him upstairs and at the top room, they start beating on him. He sees Juntao on a security camera. We find out now that Han's friend Griffin is Juntao. Lee comes in and helps fight off Carter's assailants. Then the FBI come in, but Sang and Sue Young have already left. The FBI are furious with Carter and Lee. The next day, Lee is to be sent to Hong Kong, and Carter is going to get suspended. That's funny, because Sang always runs away. Yeah. He's, like, amazing at running away. He ran away with Sue Young here. He ran away before he dropped the contraption. He ran away in Hong Kong. And he just gets away every time. Why don't they just, like, surround him? I know. Or just shoot him in the leg or something. I don't know. <laughs> just find a way so that he can't escape. Yeah. Carter's determined to get Sue Young back. And he gets aboard Lee's airplane before it departs. Carter convinces Lee to join him and then go out to ask Johnson for help. The new location for the hostage exchange is at an exhibition of ancient Chinese art. Han is there, and so is Griffin. Su Young is there, but she's wearing a vest with C4 on it. There's the C4. It's all about the C4 from the beginning. It just looks like a bunch of like dynamite sticks in her like jacket pocket, though. Yeah, it does. Huh? Johnson, Carter, and Lee go to the event, and Carter points to Griffin and yells out that he is Juntown, and then it all goes down. Sang and Juntown's henchmen start shooting at the FBI. Carter goes out to find Su Young and asks Johnson to deactivate the vest, which he's able to. 
Sophie knew that this guy was evil from the beginning because he like smiled and then her mom and Sophie were like, he's evil. Yeah, they saw it. In those movies, they do have like those little scenes where you, if you look close enough, you're like, oh yeah, that, that'll tell you right there that they're evil. Or like they'll literally just zoom in into his face like doing an evil smirk. And it was like, why would you need that for this moment right now? That's a little suspicious. Yeah, the foreshadowing for later. Anyway, so uh, Johnson deactivates the vest. Junetown makes a run for it with the money. And Singh's about to escape, like, for the fourth time. But Carter shoots him down. So there you go. You gotta shoot him down before you run yeah. away. Lee catches up to Junetown, who eventually falls to his death. Lee almost falls too, but Carter saves him. It's funny that Lee's kind of the hero, but then Carter's the one that saves his life at the end. Yeah. Right? He was, he literally did almost everything. And then Carter's like, I'm gonna save you. Yeah, he comes off as the hero, right? Yeah. The next day, Su Young is back with her dad. Carter's offered a job by the FBI, but he turns it down. Then Carter and Lee get on an airplane to Hong Kong. They're going on vacation. The end. How could you not think this movie was funny? There are so many funny moments. Jokes. Back to back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 1998, maybe that kind of humor just didn't do it for you. Chris Tucker's hilarious. Jackie Chan's funny. Good action. Great movie. Two and a half stars. All right. Could this movie still be made today? No. 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 All right. Tell me more. Um, everyone was racist. Well, not everyone. It was basically just Carter, who's the main character, who just in general is a terrible human being. Is he terrible? Yeah. How come? Well, he's racist to his, not racist to Lee and to basically everyone. Uh-huh. And then he's sexist to his coworker. Why? Johnson. He said mean sexist things? Well, not sexist. Like, oh, well, yeah, sexist. She, he was like, oh, she was like, maybe I'll be your partner or something like that. Like at the beginning, he's like, no, you should just sit at your desk where it's nice and safe for you. <laughs> you think he said that because uh, she's a woman? Yeah. And then also like sexual harassment or just like harassment. Yeah, I guess sexual harassment, like at the job and always being terrible. What? Like, do you have an example? Like he called her for help and then was like, at the end of the call, I was like, okay, what color panties are you wearing? <laughs> that's funny. You don't think that's funny? No. <laughs> yeah, okay. Unnecessary. I think even mom's like, uh, he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't. He did a great job. He was being good. And then at the end, he had to ruin it, right? Maybe being a sexist pig. Yeah. All right. That's funny. All right. Anything else uh, other than him being right? I, I guess you're saying only him. Well, then, yeah, I think so. He was mainly the only one racist. And okay. then, like, the whole thing with Lee saying the N-word that we already, like, talked about. Yeah. But, yeah. But you don't you don't think he said it out of racism as opposed to... No, I think it's, like, a thing with the writing. Because the writing made Carter, like, a racist and sexist person. Uh-huh. And, like, he's the hero. It's a little strange. All right. Even though I don't think they're trying... They're, like, trying to make him a good person and then, like... They're like, oh, he's a good person. Like, he's so funny. And then his funniness is him being a bad person. Sure. Sure. Okay. But you don't think uh, Lee's character is a racist? 
I don't think so. But that joke itself was supposed to be like, haha, he did something bad without knowing, like, oh, he's racist and he doesn't know it, kind of. Okay, so, okay. Because you don't think he did it. Yeah, he just did it because he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. that would be like a joke that would make it into like a YouTuber apology video now. Oh, really? Like, I've had a relapse in my actions. Like, <laughs> something like that. Sure. Anything else about why it wouldn't be made today? Um, No. All right, this is the past Bechdel test. No. No, it is not. All right, let's talk about the Bechdel test. It's a test to check for female representation in movies. There are three criteria. Criteria number one, does it have more than two named female characters? No, it has two, though. It does have two, or I guess it's two or more, right? Two or more. So, yeah. Uh, who are they? Um, Su Young. Su Young, the hostage. Uh-huh, and then Johnson. And Johnson. But the fact is that there's two women and one of them's kidnapped for majority of the movie. But the other one's a Latina strong female police officer. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, number two, do they... Oh, hold on. Criteria number two, do they talk to each other? Uh, one of them talks to the other. So Johnson <laughs> talks to Sue Young, but she doesn't respond. So she does talk to her. Yeah. All right. No, but she doesn't respond, so they're not talking to each other. Uh, no, I think I think that counts. <laughs> Number three, do they talk to each other about anything other than a man? I don't think so. They do. They do talk to each other. I don't think they talk to each other. I, I think they do. I think this is a passing score, uh-uh. which is hilarious that they do have a small interaction when Johnson takes the vest off of her. I don't think they talk to each other because she doesn't even respond. I don't know. I think this, I think, I think it passes. I don't think so. Let's check our experts. So what she says is, she says like a poem to her. She tells her a poem. She says, roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you. And then Sue Young doesn't respond. Why? Because then they just, like, help her take off the vest right then. So they talk about poetry. They don't talk to each other. <laughs> they have a full-on conversation about poetry. Because then she, then they just take off the vest. Oh, my goodness. If this passes the Vectal test, that's going to be the hilarious thing. It says here, all right, one of three. Tanya Johnson, Sue Young, talk about defusing the bomb. All Tanya said to her was, roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you. And Su Young never replied. Su Young and Tanya are the only two named female characters. They do not talk to each other, and they're only seen together. Only Tanya talks. That's not a conversation. Hmm. I don't know. All right, I'll give it to you. Because it needs to be like a conversation. It can't just be one person talking at the other. All right. All right, so it does not pass the Bechdel test. Yeah, I mean, if it did pass the Bechdel test, it'd be the most ridiculous passing ever, right? Yeah. It'd be like Top Gun, when Top Gun Maverick passed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Although I think they did that on purpose just to pass the Bechdel test. All right, anything else before we close up? Mm, no. Thank you for tuning in to Poppy Approved Movies. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. We put out an episode every Monday. 
If you'd like to see more podcast content, follow our TikTok at Poppy Approved Movies. If you want to suggest a movie for us to watch and critique, email us at poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. That's poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps. We'll try our best to get to your suggestion. And remember, it has to be PG-13. Next week, we're watching Under the Same Moon. So I hope you join us. I'm Poppy. And I'm Natalie. See you next time. Bye.